guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. Do you mean pixie sticks, Jake? Mainlining pixie sticks. We had one of our listeners uh, contact me yesterday asking if Jake was mainlining pixie sticks during the episode last uh, 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 last Thursday. I was very excited and overly caffeinated. You were you were highly caffeinated. You were out of control. I remember at some point during the episode, I was like, Jake. I sent you a text you, message. You text me, you're like, slow down. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Got it. I'm like, we want this to be longer than 60 <laughs> seconds. All right, everybody, here's how we go. This is Overcrest, and we're going to talk about some history today. Okay, got it. Woo! That's <laughs> actually a really good representation of, of what it was. Yeah. Um, so we've got so a good sure episode. To, to check that out. Yeah, I check was... that out. It, w- it won't take you long, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> if you, actually, if you want to hear what it sounded like, just hit 1.5x on your, on your podcast say, yeah. player, and that's pretty much exactly what it's going to sound I like. I wonder if you slow it down, it would just be like normal pace. It could be. It could be. You could do half. So I promised everybody last week that we would have Susan Perkheiser on the podcast this week, but that's actually next week. So if you're tuning in to hear that, I'm sorry. We're at that's actually next week that we're doing that. So, but if you're listening in the future, just go to the next episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what if that's what you're looking for. Um, Next Thursday, we have Jake's the part two of the history of electric vehicles coming. Um, I'm not sure if there'll be a part three or not. There will be. Okay, so there'll be a part three. Um, I actually thought maybe for part three, I would do like a, um, like a kind of like a in-depth history of Tesla for part three. That was what I was thinking it would go somewhere along that line. Do you want to like just take over part I would, three? I would like to do part three. I think Fine. that would be, I would like we'll to We'll make sure like part two sets up part three then. Okay, sounds good. Sweet. So everybody can look forward to that. So uh, before we get into too much, do you want to run through one of our sponsors quick before we get I into all will. the dumbass shit? I will, and we're not shit? running through it because we want to take our time here and talk about South Should I say jog through? Central Imports. Now we're going to jaunt all right, through let's this jaunt one. through it. SCI, as we know them, South Central Imports. They're right here in South Central Minneapolis. They are an exclusive Volkswagen Audi repair shop. They have been in business since 1976. They have experience up the wazoo, Chris. Oh, God. They're an authorized Revo software dealer, amongst other things. They, most of all, are just stand-up, normal, down-to-earth guys, much uh, different than what I probably sound like when I'm recording. <laughs> I feel like I'm more of a like a Troy McClure kind of guy, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, you can find them on Facebook at SCI Performance. You can find them on the internet at South no at SCIPerformance.com, there which stands for South Central Imports. Or you can call them on the <laughs> telephone at 612-722-8897. Do you want me to do the rest of the ads for today, Jake? No, I thought that was good. I'm trying to change it up here. All right, that's fine. Um, So I wanted to talk to people a little bit about what's going on with my car, which is this is a big, big week for my car. And it's like I I feel like I've been constantly after it. It's a big day. It's not a big day. It's a big week. Um, So I posted a picture of uh, on Euroworks, the Mm -hmm. local car club here, about hey, I'm looking for somebody that can maybe widen some wheels for me, right. and I'm and I'm taking shit from both directions on what I'm doing with the car, which is I'm putting flares on the car, right? And I'm not sure if people understand what I'm doing. I, I don't, don't think they do. I don't think people understand what's going on because from the photo, everyone's like, "So you're just riveting on flares?" Yeah. Okay. Everybody thinks that I'm just panel bonding flares on the car, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, you're a hypocrite!" And what are you doing? This is a surprise. You know, they just don't understand. That the flares that are on the car are from right. a 1973 RS, which is basically like, you know, it's kind of like the RSs of today. It's, you know, it's like a race type version of the car. And back they're very then. subtle. They're an inch wider. On each side. A right. little like an inch and a quarter, inch sure. and, you know, inch he, and a half. Here's my synopsis. I feel like if you saw the car, didn't know this happened, and then saw the car again with the flares, you would not notice you that. You might not. It depends on the angle that you're looking at the car. They're very, very subtle. They're period correct, so it's a type of flare that would have come on my body style, and they're not screwed on. They're welded on. Right. Okay, there's no panel bond. It's body work that's done right, and I noticed that you have in here that it's a Bondo bucket. (laughs) It's only because you shared the one photo, and I know this is just any body work. You can't have any body work without some filler to smooth out your lines. Or lead. Or lead, which is a type of filler, right? Right. So uh, our door's wide open. That's fine. That's okay. Um, So yeah, one of the stories you shared, though, is like right when he put all the filler on and And it's sanding it down, and I was like, oh. 
Oh, there's the Bondo bucket. I'm going to have to give Chris uh, some shit about that. One of my other followers was like, boy, you won't even need to lower it with all the weight of that body (laughs) filler on there. But they've been sanding away on it. I think it went to primer today. Okay. Um, Actually, I got a text message. I wonder if that's... There's three mess. It is. The, my oh, car is officially in primer. This just in. Oh, Mid-show you, update. You can really tell. <laughs> it looks wider to you? It. Oh, my God. Yeah. Look at this. Here, I'll send you. Yeah. It, oh, okay. So what's interesting, so he's showing me with the wheel. It now looks like his wheel offset is like half of what, what it, was. it was. Yeah, it looks, it looks really wide. That's dope, I guess. Yeah, um, I like it. I want to get a picture of it from the side to make sure that it's centered. Hold the, on. the flare? Yeah. Well, I would hope they centered it. Well, people screw it up all the time. I'm not saying they will. They seem to be doing a stellar job um, so far. But we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. No, it, it, it's wider than I thought. It's filled out the hips. It has. And, it, and it's not necessarily becoming the- a woman. It's filling out. Thanks for listening to Overcrest, guys. We're going to cancel <laughs> the podcast. That's it. <laughs> this was uh, this is episode sixty. This is our final episode. This is sixty, guys, isn't it? It is. It is sixty. Um, so I also um, my my wheels are not here yet because I accidentally used the Overcrest podcast Gmail and wrote an e check for my bank account to pay for my new wheels. What does so that matter? It's not an instant payment, so the guy oh. hasn't shipped them yet. So he's waiting for payment. So he's to waiting for payment. From Overcrest. So that's today. So hopefully the wheels. So ship that's today. where our marketing budget went. No, it came out of my <laughs> bank account. So it's, well, the marketing budget is all me. I pay for it all anyway. So, yeah. Um, so the, I, in the interim, I actually found a guy locally that'll widen the cookie cutters for me. Okay. So I'm going to drop those off this weekend and just do that anyway. And then I'll have both like sets. Good. So I'll be able to, you know. You, you had reservations about widening, widening those wheels, though. It was a different person, and it was really expensive. This guy's actually really reasonable. It's worth giving it a shot on, based on the price that I got. Interesting. So we're talking like two or $300 versus like... Okay. 12, 12 to fifteen hundred dollars. What about tires? Um, I'll be doing a two fifteen sixty fifteen and a two hundred five sixty fifteen. Still going to do a touring tread, or you're going to do something a little more, yeah, grippy. Uh, just a touring tread, because I'm going to be like I said, I'm driving out to Rensport, right? And it's going to be thirty forty degrees when I wake up in the morning from time to time. I want to have a good tire that's got a good tread life, that's comfortable. You know, what I'll probably do is if I have both sets of wheels or three sets of wheels or however many sets of wheels, right. I end up it'll be Chris's wheel and Poriam pretty soon instead of yes. I'll be we'll, we'll be business partners in that. <laughs> but I want to get I'll get a stickier tire eventually. But just for as much driving as I do, I like having a touring tire. They're quiet, they're comfortable, and they're loose. So it's yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, you can have a lot more fun. fun. What what tire should I get? Uh, oh boy, I don't know. I guess you could probably try and fit a two twenty five fifty. Isn't that what you tried doing? It's what I tried to do, and because it rubbed on the front. But I think I think I was impatient. I think if I just would have thrown a set of little spacers on the front, it would have been fine. Yeah. Um, The only thing is, you'll have to dial your camber in and roll the hell out of your fenders. Yeah. And but you could have like a nice. Since you're not, I don't know what you're planning on doing with the car. You could, you know, you could get away with something like that with your because you're getting the 1552 Outlaws. Yep. um, The Magnus Walker, the Fuchs right version. You could put maybe get away with a little bit more of a meteor look with those. Yeah. I like the square shoulder on a tire too, so I actually want to look around at what actual tire That's why type I, I want to use. That is why I bought the Pirelli Trofeo R. It's very. Is that what you had on your fifteen fifty two? Yep. There's not a ton of designs on the sidewall, yep. which is something I hate. I cannot stand. Interesting. When I'll it, have to look at those. When it looks like the wheel is going into the future when it's just sitting there, because <laughs> it's got like all these designs and it says "What's your wall?" and it's like just <laughs> I, that's that's the auditory representation of the oh, visualization of the of wheel. What your sidewall looks yeah, like. Yeah, I just can't stand that. And the Pirelli Trofeo R, it's got kind of a vintage look on it, and it's like a Porsche N4 approved tire, sure or whatever. So there's always that. Okay, so, um, I'll have to look into that. I'll probably do those again, and. Uh, you know, I told <laughs> the body shop guy keeps sending me photos. I kept, I kept being like, "You're so low. distracted." Oh my god, the thing is dumped. It is so. Did low. he lower it? No, no. I suppose it's just because the fender is wider and the wheel tucks in there more. It looks different, or is it actually all that Bondo is weighing it down? He can't even hear me. He's just multitasking over there. I told him to get low, get on level with the hub because he's taking pictures oh, and he's standing up I and he's you. shooting down at the fender. I'm like, no, dude, mm. get low so I can see straight <laughs> on what it looks like, guy. Come on. 
this is like this. And this is funny thing is when I was over there, I was like, hey, man, when you send me pictures, get low so I can actually see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's like this ass. It's the number one f- mistake people make when they're doing photos of anything is they just stand there and take the photo. Right. They, they, don't, don't, they don't try to like, OK, how can I make this better? What, where can I be? So anyway, that's that's about all that's going on with me. <sighs> Um, Chris's photo corner. Chris's photo. Yeah, I want to do an episode about automotive photography at some point. Sure. I just have to wait till we have space to fit it in when we don't have anything else to talk about. Although it might be a good priority episode too. That would be good. I think people would be interested in that, myself included. My my photo taking skills are try not to get my own shadow in the shot. <laughs> That's as far as I've gotten, and sometimes not successfully. One thing I'd like to do is have another photographer on to do it. Okay. That's, that's kind of what I'm waiting for. Is to we have, know a couple of those. Yeah, I know some. I just have to get off my ass and get it done. So, oh, by the way, yes. the 996 is done. It's ready for sale. I saw that. It's actually the loner car for South Central Imports. Chad, Chad took a picture of his of his mom in it yeah. saying it was a loner car. But, um, yeah, so that's done. It's ready. So if you know a guy, let me know. I'm going to probably put it up for sale next week. I did really like your your Facebook post. If you know a guy missing his left leg. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car for you. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, that's terrible. All right. Well, um, I had an adventure this week. Okay. So, well, you sent me a picture of something and you didn't want to tell me what it was, so it must be good. Well, it's not that good, but it's interesting. I was going to work on Tuesday morning, I guess it was, getting on the on-ramp onto the freeway. The truck is manual. I'm shifting into fifth, and all of a sudden, my clutch goes down to the floor. I have no clutch pedal. I'm going 75. Didn't you, just, didn't you just do a slave cylinder in that truck? No, I need to still. Oh, you need to. That's what it was. Okay. Right. So, but like clutch went to the floor, like nothing there. No spring back, nothing. So, so it just was like vunk and just stayed. Yep. And okay. I was like, oh, well, I'm doing 70 and fifth on the freeway. This is probably, I'm probably not going to be able to make it into work. That'd Why be not? difficult. I drove a, a Golf mm-hmm. VR6, uh, Mark II VR6 mm-hmm. uh, with no clutch at all what happens oh. at stoplights you use the you turn it off put it in first gear and use the you turn the starter on <laughs> and use the key and start the car and then it goes that sounds terrible no instead i just got off in the next exit and like pulled it out of gear and went off to the side on the curb and looked and there is the stupid plastic clip that attaches the pedal lever to the actuating rod into the master cylinder. Okay. And Usually those are metal. It's a plastic clip. Okay. And my my critique is nothing on a Hummer, the brand of like, oh, it's very, I don't know, like rugged and everything else. Nothing should be plastic on that car. Probably and so not. much of it is. Well, and it drives me nuts. I have a comparison for you. So you, I have a, I have an old Remings, Remington 870 uh, shotgun. I had an 870. A, a Wingmaster. Yeah. And uh, it's an old police issue one from the 70s. Okay. It's got the corn cob stock on it and everything. Yep. You take everything apart, every single piece of it is metal. Right. Take the new ones apart, yeah. there's a lot of plastic in there. I know. So it's it's kind of like the evolution of like, you really don't want any plastic shit in a gun. You know, no. In your head, you would think that. Right. But now a lot of stuff is polymer and plastic and everything like that. So it's not necessarily, you know, a bad thing. It's it just kind of the thing. evolution of... So, where things have right. gone. Okay, so that's my critique. Shouldn't be plastic, especially like a piece so critical, I'll say, as this. So how did you fix it on the on the side of the road? <laughs> I always keep zip ties with me. I was going to say zip ties might have worked. Yep. So I literally zip tied the actuating arm to the clutch and it was like it was shady, it was sketchy. Yeah. So I like just made it back home and parked it. And yeah. so then I call I was doing some research like what is this part? What's the part number so I can just try to find it real quick? And they said, I phoned like a diagram of how to replace stuff. And they're like, all right, this clip isn't reusable. So you have to re- replace it every time. Yeah. Cool. In my head, I'm thinking, well, the dealer is it probably like, just is it has. Like a, is it like a pin? Is it like I'm doing like a U shape with my fingers and then a pointer finger with my other finger. And it goes like this. And then there's a pin that goes through and it kind of. like No, cur- it's not like a D-ring tractor type pin. What it is, is there's a think of like a protruding like knob on the pedal lever and this is a circle that goes around it yeah and this is actually an integrated bushing and clip so it clicks on yeah and can't okay. be removed okay so i'm thinking well the dealer probably just has bins of these things right i call them well there's one in the state okay why well, so you just—it's just like a like a joint. Then it's just like yes. a, it presses yes. on. That's the way your entire linkage is in your nine eleven. I don't like it, but it's all metal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I was like, all right, I'll overnight whatever this stupid plastic part is for nine dollars for a teeny little thing. Yeah. And even as I was putting it on, I like broke one of the tabs on it. There's four tabs, right? And it's just—it was the stupidest like little 
breakable, finicky Well, you part. realize that that's not actually a Hummer, right? I do. I know. know. We know that that's know. actually a fake Hummer. It's a fake Hummer. It's a Chevy Colorado with right. a lift kit. Right. I'm fine with that. Okay. Just as long as we're saying you're saying, well, a Hummer shouldn't have anything that's plastic. I know. But it's not actually a Hummer. Okay. Well, even a Chevy Colorado shouldn't have a plastic linkage thing for its clutch Why not? pedal. That's barely a truck. Whatever. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, it's barely a truck. I know. I don't you, need a full-size truck. If you can't tow the weight of the truck itself, it's not a truck. I can tow the weight of the truck. How much does your truck weigh? I don't know. I'm pretty sure that we talked about it, and you're th- it can't tow anywhere near 5,000 pounds, could it? Is it like 5,000-pound limit? I'm sure it's somewhere around there. Yeah. My Turing was eight. That's cool. Yeah. So that was actually more of a truck than your truck. That's fine. I'd have no problem with that. <laughs> okay. I thought you would I mean, fight me a little bit more on your truck being a fake truck. No, I know it's not like it's it's not a full size truck. Right. right. I no, I, so I what's completely the point get of it? that. It's it's very useful for what I need it for. Like I can haul lumber lumber and shit. Yeah, but in the you bed could also and, do that with a real truck. Right. But then you could have a real truck that probably doesn't have know, a plastic. I, it doesn't look as cool. Doesn't no. have a manual. Doesn't it it's could not have as a manual. Rare. It probably could have a manual. But the rarity so, cool factor of your truck isn't it? That's what it is. When I was looking for this, I was like, I want all wheel drive, a manual, I want four doors, and like unique. And this is the only thing that ticked all the boxes. I actually wanted a four wheel or a four door Jeep Wrangler with the pickup bed. I was even looking at those conversion kits, but they're like the cost of a used Jeep just for the conversion kit. Right. So this was the next best thing. So what's been going on with your 911? We haven't talked about any. <laughs> no, we haven't. In a while. Um, so I finally raised it after my trip up north when I was resurfacing all the gravel roads because it was so low. It was really low when I measured it yeah, to try to get a level. It's like an inch lower than mine, basically. It was two inches lower than yours. Mm, okay. I thought it was an inch less or two. I don't have the picture somewhere. So I raised it up. It's much better. Uh, also went through all the wheel studs, did new, like, greased all the hubs. Yeah, put now new... it looks like like Spartacus's chariot. Exactly. It has the, the pointy studs on it. Um, when you say pointed, you mean rounded off. Let's not convince people that it looks like a semi truck where they have the pointed oh, legs yeah, that come out. The points. Yeah, it doesn't look like that. It's just the motorsports, like yeah, the ball exactly. And they're not yeah. super long either. Um, but did that. Went through all the hubs. That's another reason I thought you should get some meteor tire. I agree with with oh, 100%. What, what you're going for there. Yep. Uh, I have a parking brake that functions now, which is great. That's good. Instead of it being zip tied together by the previous owner, I love zip ties as a temporary fix. It should not be how your parking brake operates. No, it's like one week max. Yeah. No, not even. I just got it home and parked it. Uh, ordered some turbo tie rods and a bump steer kit and some other things. So we can actually. What bump steer kit did you get? Did you get the one that just goes under the steering rack? Yeah. That's I've I've got that. I haven't put it on yet. Yeah. Well, we can do that at my place first, anyways. Sure. Okay. Um. What else? I don't know. I I wanted to talk about a little bit about this catalog that you brought in. <laughs> okay. Do we want to name names here? Yeah. I don't care. All right. Uh, this is. I, journalistic integrity. I, I, I like this company. Why? I actually like this company. Everything they make, uh-huh. this is like expensive pet boys. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Quality is really good. Yeah, but all it is is a way for you to be like, well, I have money, so I'm, what can I do on my old 911? What can I bolt to this car that will change nothing I but, love, make it, but make it look like I spent money on the car? I love shiny parts. Well, this is so we're looking at a Renline catalog, basically, yeah. is, what, is what this the is. The catalog itself is like the highest paper quality I've ever felt that has an aluminum spine on it. And this is just the catalog they gave me with when I ordered parts. Yeah, I just, I don't, some of this stuff is cool, like some of the functional tie bar stuff. Right. But the, like, just like, why do you need aluminum floorboards that are just like, and then you bought, you said you bought a battery relocation kit. Right. Did it come with the stupid door that goes over the smuggler's box? No. I okay. might get that, don't, but I haven't bought it yet. No, just stop. <laughs> why, why are you against this stuff? Because it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. But it's, turbo fans are great. They do something. They have a function. So you're literally, it's a, lot of, a lot of people do is they'll take the Renline floorboards, and, mm-hmm. the, and, and basically these are dress-up kits. Yeah. For, this is like playing Barbie with your 911 is sure. what this is. But what you told me you did is you bought a battery relocation kit, because yep. right now your battery is just sitting in the floor it, of it's your trunk. It's like just as, yeah, Mickey would, Mouse as you thought it not, be. Would not pass tech. No. It's like <laughs> a giant tractor battery. Yeah, it's like a from like a 300 diesel or something. Exactly, that they just put where the... the Tire goes. So why don't you tell tire. everybody the uh, the knee jerk reaction you had to that giant battery and what you bought instead? 
<laughs> I bought the smallest little uh, Odyssey like micro battery you can get. So we've been having some talks about my car doesn't run right. I'm not sure what's going on. I'm still trying to tune it and get it right. Yeah. And it's carbureted. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy the world's smallest battery. So if it doesn't start, I'll get like three tries till my battery's dead. That's fine. That's not fine. Those batteries are absolutely retarded. They are <laughs> the stupidest on a streetcar. An Odyssey or a Dika, they're, they're, it's a waste of money. You don't. What weight are you saving? A lot. You're not a fat. Compared to the giant battery that was in there. Yeah. But you can get a normal size battery like mine, which has lasted years. You can get it from Porsche. It doesn't weigh anything. Tucks nicely in right next to your fuse panel where it's supposed to go. I don't think I'm going to have like, a problem. Not going to have a problem. I don't have a stereo. I don't even have like any. It, it, no, nothing. All it needs to do is run the starter quick. Quick, like three times at the most. If that thing doesn't start right away, it will die. I don't believe you. I've owned them before. I've watched. <laughs> I've literally watched people at the track go because they have to start their car, drive around, go get gas, come back, do this, do that, go get, go to the gas station, come back. They start it like three or four times. After a while, that thing is dead. Well, I highly recommend you get rid of that. The battery location kit can also fit the slightly larger Odyssey battery as well. Why don't you happens. just get a normal battery from Porsche and put it in the normal spot? I it's don't understand. Ugly. It's not. It, you can't even see it. There's a box that the battery slides into in the fender. You don't even see the battery. It's ugly. You can't see it. It's not even there. It just slides in. It, they, they made a factory location for the battery. And because the battery that comes with the car is kind of small, they actually made spots for two of them. Right. And what you've done is you've gotten volts. you've got a battery that is half the size of the original one that they put two batteries in because they were worried about the one that you replaced <laughs> being twice as big as the one you have being too small. So now you have a tiny battery. Yeah. Dude, you're gonna. I can't wait till you are in the middle of nowhere and your battery is dead. I am. I want. I'm. I'm rooting for the for the karma of the world. <laughs> just ruin. You are ridiculous. I did plenty of reading. No one has problems with them. I'll bring I, jumper cables with me. What is? What are you gonna hook them up to? Your nipples? <laughs> <laughs> you're in the middle. You're of the nowhere. one getting fired up here. I think you'd be enough uh, power to just to fire it up. I, I don't know. I, I don't think so, man. I I really. <laughs> the car's light enough. I'll just bump start I, it. I highly recommend you do not keep that battery you're just jealous it's, no i am certainly not totally i paid jealous. probably as much for my porsche battery or more than you did for that one i bet okay so i'm not jealous this isn't like a. I, I just <laughs> i i think you're screwed i i don't like renline i don't like i just i don't like rolling your car through the renline catalog i just it's I, gonna be great i i totally want those floorboards so, so you got the, the floorboards like you have to choose the things you're gonna do like you can have a couple like Things on the car that are like statement pieces, but if you tr have too many of those statement piece things, it starts you're going to lose the plot a little bit. Like you have your wheels are already like a your wheels are an out there kind of thing. You're they're going to be subtle. They're flat. They're black. not. They're not subtle. They're They'll be subtle. They're clearly what they are. Sure. They're outlaw wheels from 1552. The people are love it or hate it with those. Okay. So you're already making a statement with your wheels, <laughs> and then people are going to open your door and get in, and you're going to have all this bare aluminum all over the car. For the from record, a car that's I'd from get 1970. The black stuff. Fine. <laughs> it, it's, so you're going to have a, a black floorboard with speed holes drilled in it. Yeah. Why? What's wrong? You have so much other stuff that you need to do to that I car. Know. I do realize that. I literally want to burn this catalog <laughs> to keep you from buying anything out of this thing. You have so much more stuff to do. You have to admit that's a high quality catalog. Yeah, that's probably why everything in there costs a zillion dollars. That's what I said, yeah. All right, are Just you done? Get, you're done get with your tirade? Get a regular battery, put it where it's supposed to go. It'll look nice. You can't even see it. It's tucked away. And then you can put drugs in the smuggler's box like you're supposed to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. They, all right. Or air conditioning. You could put an electric air conditioning kit yeah, in there. Yeah, I did know that's That's also very expensive. Yeah, it's like $5,000 or something. Like direct from Europe. But they work really, really good. <laughs> yeah. I hear yeah. they work really, really good. Anyway, okay. um, before we get into our main topic today, uh -huh. let's talk a little bit about Westside. Let's talk about Luther Westside Volkswagen. Number one Volkswagen dealer in the country. Chris was just over there doing something. I don't know what you were doing. Yeah, I was dropping my car off, but then I didn't drop my car off because I didn't have an appointment. And I was <laughs> trying to roll in there like, you guys know me. <laughs> there's like, there's no appointment. There's no rental car. So I'm, I'm going back over there this, this afternoon. Okay. To drop so the what car that off. means is they're professional over there. 
So yes, you can trust they don't play, them. They don't play favorites for anybody. <laughs> they have the largest selection of Volkswagens in the country. They have the largest selection of used European cars, including other Volkswagens right here in the Twin Cities. Uh, they have a great facility and great people inside it. Chris loves Helton over there. I have a couple of coworkers that have gone over there, and they've had nothing but good things to say. Uh, Make sure you, you mention us. I'd, I'd love for you guys when you go over there to say, hey, we heard about you from Chris or Jake yes. or whatever. That would be really nice. You know, because I was over there the other day. He's like, Chris, uh, check this out. And I was showing them, like, messages of God of people that have stopped over. He's like, oh, my gosh, that's really great. Yeah. You know, so just let them know that we sent you. That'd be great. If you buy a car from them, they'll throw in floor mats if you mention us. <laughs> I'm just going to promise that. I'm just going to promise that. <laughs> that's not going to happen. Yep. It may happen. It better I don't know. come with floor mats is Most, my point. <laughs> the point is, is that all their cars already come with floor mats because they're not piles of crap. Because you told them you got you got there via Overcrest. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, you can find them at westsidevw.com. Uh, they're great guys. Go check them out. All right. So I didn't tell you really about... I, I'm like, stay away from the internet this morning because I kind of wanted you to experience this story. Right. Um, so Chad from SCI called me and woke me up. Really? Basically to tell me this story. Um, I kind of rolled out of bed and he's like, did you see the news about Elon Musk? And I was like, in my head, I'm like, what now? What's going on? What what could it possibly be? So disclaimer, it's another rant about Elon Musk. (laughs) So, no. Okay. So this this morning, I've kind of shifted my opinions a little bit. Interesting. Um, And I feel like I was maybe unfair to Elon a little bit. I think you were biased, we'll say, at the very least. Bias, yes. I had bias. Yes. Um, but it was only because I still I still don't like Tesla as a company. Okay. But I've I've spent a little time with Elon this morning. You spent some time with Elon I did. this him morning. And I, him and I hung out on you the hashed it out on huh? the internet. I we hung see. Out. Okay. Um, so <laughs> Tesla shares plunge nine percent, wiping four point three billion dollars off the company's value after Elon Musk's wild pot smoking, whiskey drinking, rambling podcast, and the company's <laughs> top accountant quit the next morning. Wow. Yeah. So this is kind of kind of a big deal on the surface. So right? Elon Musk went on a podcast. Do we know which one? Yeah, he went on Joe Rogan's podcast. Oh. And I I, I listened to quite a bit of it this morning and I I was gonna like pull more clips. We have a couple clips to play, but I don't want to pull too much because I want everybody to really go listen to it. Oh um, really? I really do. I we're, think it's, we're promoting another podcast. That's okay. Yeah. I, I don't care. Are um, his podcast like two hours? It's like three two hours. hours and forty minutes or something. And I'm like, I can't I That's can't possibly, I, I sat here for an hour and a half listening to it, and it was interesting, and I really, it's it's worth a listen, um, listening to Elon talk um, unedited, you right. know, without, without Twitter, and without, um, he really was free right. with, with, the, with the interview, and he didn't really, he didn't hold any punches back, and he answered pretty liberally, and I think it was really, really, really good, and it was... So was he drunk and high while on the podcast? Is that what you're saying? No. My opinion is is that he when I saw the video and you guys can go look for yourselves, he didn't inhale. Wait, I'm so confused. What? So on the they were like smoking pot on the podcast. Right. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's okay. this yeah, so I'll show you the show you the picture later once we're done with the podcast, but okay. it is like the world's biggest blunt. It's like the <laughs> most enormous <laughs> enormous blunt. He's got this awesome like trolley look on his face. And it's amazing. But here's what happened is the the guy is, uh, I'll just read a little bit here and then we'll get into, I want to talk about some things as well. But um, Tesla shares have plunged this morning after Elon Musk smoked marijuana and drank whiskey while discussing everything from drugs to the possibility we're all living in a simulation. In a rambling two and a half hour podcast appearance, which was live streamed on YouTube. Now, here's the kind of the general consensus on this. Um, podcast is that it was this rambling podcast where he smoked a bunch of weed. Okay. And first of all, it's not rambling. Right. Okay. It's it's very well thought out. There's a lot of um it seems like what Elon likes to do is he likes to think before he answers questions. Okay. So like Rogan would be like, hey, what do you think about this? And there would be like a five second silence and you're you're watching it on YouTube and you can see him like his eyes like darting back and forth as he thinks about he's how calculated. to calculated. He's very calculated and he's very thoughtful. And I didn't find any of it to be rambling at all. And that is, seems to be the the kind of the word that keeps coming up as I read about this in different places. It was like a rambling podcast. Okay. And it bugs the shit out of me. And I don't I don't like it when people do this to anyone. They're like If anyone's a rambling podcast, it's us, damn it. Yeah, come on. <laughs> exactly. So I, I feel like people are trying to saw the leg off his stool. Now, so you are like going to Batford a little bit after because this, is, now. this okay. is ridiculous. Yeah, he's in California. 
He smoked some weed. It's legal. It's fine. Here's the problem is that I looked up. So the guy that quit, the accountant or the finance guy. Yeah. His and name's, so he quit. At least it's it's indirectly said he he's quit had a finance. because of this. Yeah, he's quit for reasons of um, where does it say citing public attention to the company. Okay, which is Elon, right? Right. Um, so this guy Dave Morton, um, I kind of was like, who is this guy? Why mm-hmm. did he? Whatever. He's the uh, he served as the executive vice president and CFO of Seagate Hard Drives. Sure. He's a graduate of California State Polytechnic University in Panoma. Received a bachelor's degree in business administration and finance, real estate, and law. So my opinion, this mm-hmm. guy sucks. He doesn't get it. Right? I mean, this dude is like... Um, what did every- he get? I think that Tesla is, is and I've said this before, has moved beyond company. Um, okay. it's, it's an idea, right? And why but you can't run a business as an idea? Of course not. Absolutely, I don't like Tesla as a company. But what did this guy think he was signing up for? Do we not know? Let's say for not. Let's say you're. Let's say you're. Uh, you're some environmental guy, right? And Trump says, "Hey, I want you to come work in the Trump administration." You wouldn't go in there and be like, "Holy cow, this guy's crazy," <laughs> right? We all know this is all baked into the cake already. We okay. all know how the cake is going to taste. Everyone. Yeah. There's no mystery that he's going to do dumb shit, tweet things, say things, offensive things. We all know this. Why did this this guy's been there for like a, a month or something or two months? Okay. Not very long. What did he think was going to happen? As we would say it in the corporate environment, he didn't fit into the corporate culture. Who, Elon? No, this Dave guy. I have a feeling, I mean, yeah, Elon Musk is definitely like the epitome of an entrepreneur. You know, he's kind of, um, he's, he doesn't ramble, but he's the big idea guy, right? Who, Elon? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times that doesn't fit with, like, the very structured um, way that a corporation needs to work traditionally. Right. And I have a feeling that's definitely what this Dave Morton guy was trying to be a part of. Right. That's, the, that's what he comes from. I don't think, I think he was an analytical dude that just wanted to work for Tesla and make money, is my thought. Because right. if he didn't believe in the... If he truly believed in Elon and what he was doing, he wouldn't care about any of this. Instead, he quits hours later after this podcast. Hours. Yeah. It says hours later. Yeah. No, um, I agree. Meanwhile, shares plummeted at 9% this morning, wiping $4.3 billion off. By mid-morning, the shares wow. recovered a 7% down for the day. And I don't even know where it is now. This was this was a long uh, time ago. That's amazing in itself, though, that someone just, I don't know, making a public appearance, for instance, can all of a sudden just wipe $4 billion off the bottom line. He's showing me the photo right now of Elon Musk in the interview smoking. Yeah, everybody can find it on their own, but it looks awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I don't Um, know. Today is the last day of VP of Communication for Sarah O'Brien and HR head Gabrielle, whoever. Um, So they're losing corporate people left and right, and their their stock is actually down like, I don't know, 25% over the last several weeks, a month or something like that. Things are looking pretty bleak. And it, I I, I want Tesla to be done. I think it's time to move on from Tesla to move on like but I don't want it to happen this way. This okay. isn't this doesn't seem to be the way to do it is by cutting the legs off Elon Musk and using Elon Musk as the reason that Tesla should fail because the ideas that he has and I'm trying to think of a is a as a human being rather than like a motoring enthusiast. Right. The ideas that he has are are really good. Like everything right. everything the cars the 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 interplanetary shit, drill, I mean, drilling, <laughs> <laughs> drilling holes in the ground to, to subvert traffic. Yeah. All of this stuff, these are all things that need to happen. They don't need to happen now, but right. everything that he's doing, other than building not a flamethrower, needs to happen. <laughs> right. There's like, you can build tunnels underground and, and fix, like, in this, in this podcast, he's like talking about, yeah, you could build a vacuum tunnel and then have magnets and just, you would have no the hyperloop. The yeah. hyperloop, and you would, it would be amazing. And and he's got like this kind of like this wheat South African weak South African accent, yep. and uh, which I didn't know he was South African. I did not know that. I guess so, I knew that now that you mention it. So he can't be president, which is probably good because we don't need another guy like. Guy like well, <laughs> like he's this. definitely yeah, like a personality, right? So I wanted to maybe play a couple clips sure. from the uh, from the interview. Uh, two of them are kind of uh, so Rogan was kind of asking about artificial intelligence and what he thought of artificial intelligence. And I kind of want to p- play the first cut. So cut one, go. Well, I mean, you could argue that any group of people, like like a, a company is essentially a, a cybernetic collective of people and machines. 
that's what a company is. And then there are different there's different levels of complexity in the way these companies are formed. And then there are sort of there's this sort of like a collective AI in in the Google sort of search Google search, you know, the where we're all sort of plugged in as like like nodes on the network, like leaves on a big tree. All f- and we're all, we're all feeding this network with our questions and answers. We're all collectively programming the AI. And, the, the, and Google plus the, all the humans that connect to it are one giant cybernetic collective. This is also true of Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all these social networks. They're giant cybernetic collectives. He's, oh, okay. So do you do you see what he's saying? And I just I want to try and get away from this. I want to try and get to the he's not rambling thing. Okay. So do you agree with him? Do you understand what he's saying? Yeah. So he's basically saying that we're all plugged into the into the into the network, right? So it's almost like artificial intelligence already exists because it's this this uh, hive mind hive mind mentality. Right. Um, so all right, cut two, go. I made those comments some some years ago, but it feels like we are the biological bootloader. AI, effectively, we are building it, and then we're building progressively greater intelligence. And the percentage of intelligence that is not human is increasing, and eventually, we will represent a very small percentage of intelligence. But the the AI is informed, strangely, by the human limbic system. It is, in large part, our id writ large. How so? Well, you mentioned all those things, the sort of primal drives. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all, all the things that we like and hate and fear. They're all there on the Internet. They're, they're a projection of our limbic system. Okay. So what he's saying is that the, the internet and everything and this hive mind thing is all projection of our limbic system, which is the part of your brain where emotion, like fear, love, lust, hate, all of that exists. And it's absolutely fascinating to listen to him talk about things that aren't cars. Because right. when he talk when he's talking about the this futuristic stuff and it and you can start to understand like his grasp of what's what's coming, and he talks about environmental stuff and space and everything else. It kind of makes you go, well, maybe there's something more to this. Right. And I feel like there's an entire segment of, of, uh, of society that's sitting there with a hacksaw, and I've been one of them. <laughs> okay. That is, like, sawing furiously at the legs of his stool, even though he's saying these probably true and very insightful things. And, and so the, all of this that's been going on with, the, with this pot smoking thing and, his, and this guy quits, this financial guy just quits because of this, mm-hmm. it seems, like, very petty. It's a very petty way to watch Tesla go down, and I don't want it to happen. I want it to happen. I was just at um, the body shop looking at my car, right? and there was a Model 3 there. And I'm like, Jesus, what is this Model 3 doing here? It's a brand-new car. He's like, yeah, it was delivered. The mirrors didn't were the wrong color for the car. <laughs> okay. Like, that's the reason that Tesla should fail. Right. The reason Tesla should fail is not because this dude decided he was going to smoke a blunt on someone's podcast. Well, and we've mentioned this before. The problem is that Tesla, the company, is so much intertwined with Elon Musk, the personality. They they shouldn't be the same. I agree. Because he starts a company, it doesn't mean that everything should be tied to everything he does. And it never used to be that way. It's because now these personalities are so accessible and everything else. It's it's so easy to say, oh, he he went and smoked a blunt, and now the stocks drop. Four billion dollars. That's because all the people that are involved in these financial markets are are this dudes like this. What what's this guy's name? Dave. Dave. Whatever is Dave Morton. They're all Dave Morton. Every single one of these guys is Dave Morton. That these financial guys. I don't. I don't, I don't think they get it. I don't think they get it. Well, I I don't blame this Dave Morton. He's just an old school business executive okay. Okay. who doesn't want to work at a, a basically very volatile company. <laughs> Tesla has always been a volatile company. Sure. So you what are you that. doing? 
all the investors that are like going in and out of the company and it's this and it's that and the other thing, just be in or out. You either believe in this or you don't. Okay, well, this, he didn't. Clearly, but he believed in it a month ago. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, don't, I it just bugs me. So anyway, so um, he eventually starts talking about Tesla and cars. I wanted to ask you, what kind of car do you think he owns two gasoline cars? Okay. What do you what do you think they are? If you had to guess the two that he owns. One, I think, is like, yeah, I get that he owns that one. That hmm. makes complete sense. The other one, I don't really understand. So uh, my mind went to actually a Lotus Elise first, since that's what he <laughs> did the first Tesla Roadster was based on, was the Elise chassis. And I thought, well, that maybe. Is, that is incorrect. Okay. Maybe that was it. Uh, second, I'll I don't give know, you one more guess. Maybe like a, a G Class G Wagon. No, no, not even close. So the f- one car he owns is a Model T. Oh, okay. Which you know you can kind of understand. Yeah, sure. You know, Ford was like a startup company, like like yeah. him almost. And the other one is a Jaguar E Type convertible. Like early E Type, yeah, like okay. a '60s yeah. E Type. So that's I, cool. So I, maybe he owns that one for the beauty of it. Right. Um. So he said like uh, a bunch of other weird stuff in this. I want to kind of read through some of the some of the quotes that he said. Uh, maybe people don't even care about this. What do you think, Jake? I mean, it's I didn't know any of this was going on, so I think it's interesting at the very least. I just I don't get I get why people are hyper analyzing him because he's so intertwined with his companies. But it's just it's like you said, it's sad that because the person does something doesn't mean that should reflect on the the organization's finances and what they're doing. Right. So um, he also revealed that the <laughs> what? <laughs> so you know the new Tesla Roadster that's coming out, right? Yeah, it's zero to sixty in one point nine seconds, supposedly. That d- is not the performance package Roadster. That's just the standard <laughs> one. That's <laughs> just the standard one. He said, uh, "Is this doable? Is this even physically ca- like yes, possible?" Because he says he's going to put rocket thrusters on the car to make it even faster. Okay. <laughs> Which he said is gonna it's gonna be compressed air. Okay. He's gonna use compressed air rocket you thrusters. St- I, you can't do that. I don't know. What if someone's walking behind the car and all of a sudden you put your rocket thrusters on? I don't care if it's just air, you're gonna blow some old lady over in the sidewalk. I know. Um so you remember when he uh called that one dude a, a pedophile or whatever? Right, the dude with the sub no, he brought the submarine to save the the soccer team. And the one guy was like, well, that's not going to work at all. And then he's like, well, you're a pedophile. Yeah. Is that basically what happened? He apologized for it. Now he just, again, called him a child rapist. (laughs) I Uh, mean, does he know something? He went from from calling him pedo guy to just straight up child rapist now. So that's that's good. Um, Like you you wonder these things as crazy as you are have to come from somewhere. So here's here's my my overall theory now. Like he says he loses sleep over Tesla, like not being a good company or failing or whatever. I don't think it matters anymore. What? Tesla was a success as a catalyst to everything that came afterward. So even if Tesla gets wiped out completely, right? If let's say their stock goes to zero tomorrow and they're just done, they're insolvent, someone buys them up for the parts. What they did as a as an initial brand, an initial company as a catalyst to move forward. That's true. They jump started the entire they industry. The, the entire industry from lithium to cars to self-driving to everything. Mm-hmm. Every single part of where motoring is today is because of Elon. Yeah. So in that way, I think that you know he'll live on forever, and he'll probably as a, as a as a brilliant man. If you listen to the podcast, he's obviously a savant. Um, I think he'll live on forever and do other things and invent other things. So we'll just have to wait and see um, where things go. For now, um, stocks are down like 30 percent. Doesn't doesn't look good for uh, wow. Tony Stark. I mean Elon <laughs> Musk. <laughs> Um, we do have a third clip. Do you care about that? Um, yeah, let's just play that one for comedic relief. This is him talking about wanting to take Joe Rogan out and show him something on the Tesla. Go ahead. Okay. You should see what the Tesla can do. Uh, you didn't. You should. I'll show you afterwards. Well, I've driven one. I love them. Yeah, but most people don't know what it can do. In terms of like ludicrous mode. In terms of like driving super fast and irresponsibly on public roads. Is that what you're saying? Well, any car can do that. Yeah. What can it do that? That I need to know about. I mean, the Model X can do this like ballet thing to the Trans Siberian Orchestra. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Where it dances? No. Yes. Legitimately, like it moves around. Yes. We know. Why would you program that into a car? <laughs> Seemed like fun. <laughs> so are we, I feel like, are we being a little bit trolled? A little bit? Is he trolling everybody in a way? 
No, I don't know. I hate that Trans-Siberian Orchestra thing. And you know why we hate it? Is because the owner is so proud of it. Yes. Like, I get Elon just being like, hey, that was kind of funny to put in there. Like, it's a computer. We can program it to we do different things, do right? But the guy who's like, this is the best thing ever. I'm going to keep doing it and doing it and, and doing he, it. He's doing it because he wants to show that. So Tesla as a company sucks. And I feel like the owners as owners also suck because they, <laughs> the people that are buying Teslas and spending the money and getting the premium are basically eco signaling or virtue signaling to everyone else that they're better than you. And just having your car be able to dance and sing and do everything else, and you're standing there next to it with your hands on your shoulders being like, oh, look at me. Look what my car does. Your car doesn't do this. You ready for uh, devil's advocate here? Why okay. are our exhausts so loud? Why do we do that? Uh, typically, exhausts that are different? loud because it allows more of the combustion through the exhaust. So you're saying for more power. power. So yeah, you're, need, not get, you're not getting need more that power. We 10 horsepower more. It has nothing to do with, like, signaling that this is a performance car or that this so is... So when you, when you flap your wings on the car, yeah. what is that representing? I don't... Because we know, know I mean, that... It, it's, we it, know, like, a, a performance exhaust represents combustion and power and racing, and, and, and it sounds good, and, it, and it, you, know, but, you can tell when you're on or off the gas. You can... All these different things that are tied into the exhaust note. Right. right. You can tell if a car is broken. You can tell if a car is slow. You can tell all different things. Tell me what the Trans-Siberian Orchestra song <laughs> playing as you stand there at Cars and Coffee with your hands on your hips. What exactly is, it makes, is that? It makes that guy smile. And I, I, I totally it's, no, agree. It's, that's it's different. wrong. That is not what's making that guy smile. What's making that guy smile is the throngs of people looking at the car do it. That's what's making that guy smile. That guy does not go stand in an empty parking lot by himself and do the Trans-Siberian Orchestra thing. I go drive my car out in the middle of nowhere alone so uh -huh. I can hear it and drive it. Yeah. That guy doesn't do that by himself. The only reason he's doing that is for other for the benefit of himself via other people. Fact. Yeah. Done. Sealed. Written. Signed. Fact. Sealed. Delivered. Devil's advocate that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Did you read one of the reviews that I'm the angel's advocate, actually? You're the angel's advocate? Yeah, I love that comment. Oh, I don't know about that. I'm not I'm not <laughs> sure how that really All works. right, what else we got for news? Let's, um, let's move uh, along here. Let's talk a little bit about further performance before we get we into the rest of the We can do that. Further performance. They're another local Twin Cities-based automotive specialist here, another one of our great sponsors. They are an exclusive uh, European car, Volkswagen Audi Group uh, specialist, so they know those cars inside and out. And more than anything else, they truly love European cars. These guys are enthusiasts. They're not just someone who's wrenching, trying to make, you know, their, I don't know, 20 bucks an hour or whatever it is. These guys are working in cars because they love them and they have that passion for them. You know, so whether you need to have just a, an oil change or some maintenance done or you're going to have uh, some some really crazy project car engine build, you can bring it over to them. They love all sorts of that stuff and really runs the gamut on the different types of cars. We've mentioned before, they always have cool, like, air-cooled stuff over there, Porsche, Volkswagen, anything like that they love. Uh, you can find them, of course, online at fptuned.com. That's F-P-T-U-N-E-D.com. Go check them out. All right, so I have some sad news to report. Um, okay. Volkswagen is probably getting rid of the station wagon. Okay. And, and the three-door Golf. So I would love to talk about the station wagon real quick. I like it. You like it. European car enthusiasts like the station wagon. I feel like most people outside of that group think they're stupid because it harkens back to like the station wagons of the 70s. I don't think that's why it's failing. No, I'm not saying that's why it's failing right now, but I that general I, th idea I don't think those people are around interesting. anymore. Nah, I don't think oh, so. Oh yeah, no. I like people I talk to, friends who don't get it. They're like, "Why do you like wagons? That's so stupid." Yeah, and then what? Why? What when they say when you say why? What do they say? They're like, "Well, just buy a car or a truck then." Yeah, but it's not because of the '70s thing. Those people are all old by now. Anybody that remembers those, that's not the reason. I still think that stereotype exists. I think that's one of the reasons why um, the not the dislike of uh, wagons like was perpetuated, continued, might have started with that. Right. But that's not why people aren't buying them anymore. Okay, why aren't they buying them now? Um, I think people aren't buying them anymore because they don't really make any sense beyond being a car that's a little bit bigger because you can get you can get a crossover which in terms right. of functional I think people are buying crossovers instead of that right. in that segment and I'll tell you why here in a second I'll give you some statistics that that prove that okay um, early reports on the next generation Volkswagen Golf this is hat tip Jalopnik by the way 
um, which is currently in development, indicates some major changes are coming for the compact. Things like including a boost in size, a push-up market, a lot of hybrids, and even a simplified range that ditches the wagon. Um, if you take a look at Wagon's sales report for August this year, the aging Mark 7 Golf family is down 37% compared to last year, and the Sport Wagon itself is down 50% from last year. Wow. Um, so they sold half as many this year as they did last year. That's right. Uh, so uh, beyond the sad loss of another lovely wagon, blah, 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 the Mark 8 Golf will also get a bunch of hybrid powertrains, inc- reportedly including both 12-volt and 48-volt mild hybrid setups. Okay. Autocar assumes the GTN R models could get the more powerful 48-volt system, while the lower trims get a 12-volt system. Um, Wait, so R models are going to be hybrid? I don't know. That's I saw this, and I was like, Wait, what? It also, just, how old are we getting that the Mark 7 is an aging platform? I still feel like the <laughs> Mark 5 is the new platform. Yeah, well, I feel like that's the aging platform. And I have trouble telling differences between 6 and 7s at a glance. Obviously, Anything the after are a Mark different. 5, I don't know. Yeah, they're just, they look like... They're all chiseled out of stone. You know, they all kind of have that hard angular, right. angular vibe. So I'm sure it'll look something like that. If you saw the new, what is it, the Ardeon? The new Volkswagen Ardeon or whatever what is it that? is. that? I don't even know what it's that like is. A, it's like a Passat Jetta looking. I, I thought think the it's Atlas called. was the latest model. No, it's the Passat Ardeon, I think it is. Yeah, Ardeon. Okay, so it's a Passat platform, we'll call it, even though they're all just on the modular platform. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's basically a Passat kind of. Thing. It's a lifted Passat? No, just you got a computer in front of you. Just look at what the thing looks Where like. Where did this come from? Um, so some more sales statistics that kind of anchor what I was saying is this is this is going to, I think even though you know it's coming, it's going to stun you. The Passat's down 32%. The okay. Golf family is down 40 The Jetta's down 15 The Atlas is up 44%. And the Tiguan is up 189%. Wow. So Incredible. literally anyone that was buying a Golf is buying a Tiguan. Yep. And anyone buying a Passat is buying like a Touareg Atlas. Right. So other than like being, so try and give me, sell me on a Golf instead of a Tiguan as a person, not as an enthusiast, right. not as a you, not as you, as a me as, or anybody okay. that's listening to this I would, podcast. I would, and I don't know. So I'd say maybe uh, cheaper, better gas mileage. The um, gas mileage has got to be marginal because they're I both. I imagine it is. You know, actually. one TSI, one point eight. I mean, my my grandpa has a Tiguan and it gets twenty seven, twenty eight miles per gallon. Right. So that's fine. These Ardeons are massive, by they're, the way. They're big. Is it the new CC? What are we going to the CC? Is that still a thing? It's kind of like that. It's like a Passat CC type looking okay. thing. Uh, yeah. So I would say uh, perhaps cheaper. Um, probably not that much better gas mileage. I see where you're going with this. Like, why would someone buy a car instead of the SUV now? It just doesn't, for the regular person, it just does not make I any sense. I agree. So I it's guess. like Ford seemed like they were kind of the, the first, right? When Ford yeah. said, we're not selling cars anymore, we're like, oh, my God. You know, it's just like, holy shit, we're not selling cars anymore. Oh, my God. But, but you can see what happens when someone tries to sell cars. No one buys them. It does not work. Um, so their sales are still up like 0.7% or something. Um, so yeah, that is, that goes to show it's not like they're losing all these sales. It's just people are moving up to different models. Yeah, throughout August, sales of Volkswagen brand crossovers topped 100,000 units in the U.S. Wow. The first time the German brand has ever topped that mark for crossover sales in a year. So it's it's hard to imagine like that the many crossover new train cars is just on the road every year. I know. Where do the old ones go? Like, what's the attrition rate here? Are they, our junkyards that full? No, they just get sold. You know, the, the used market is great. Yeah, okay. Where did those cars that the people who bought those You go? do realize that people have babies, right? And the right. population is also increasing. So there's just that, that We don't just have a static amount of people. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, don't, we, this is weird, Chris. That's got to be weird. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. We all live in a simulation. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. They just write the old cars out of the code. <laughs> Um, so an, another uh, Volkswagen update real quick. Um, Dieselgate's almost over, hopefully. Um, the, so what does that mean for the us? The big case in Germany uh-huh. is going to court next week. So they don't have like class action lawsuits like we do or anything, but there's a big case called a test case in the emission scandal, and that happens in Germany. That could be like 10 to 15 or something billion dollars worth of fines. But after wow. that, there's really not much legal stuff to do anymore. So didn't a couple of the executives go to prison already? Yep. Yep, a couple people went to prison. So what's left, I guess, to this, do? This. This okay. is it. So once this is over... And this will just be like fines for the company. Fines for the company, yeah. So once this is done, we're probably done. Did Bosch ever get thrown under the bus? Or like BMW also was involved, I remember last year talking they, about... They were, but you got to remember that like when we were talking about if if they say that the the requirements would hurt the engine, 
than it's oh, legal to do or something like that. It's like a self protection mode. Yeah. So it's that's what they Odd. were that's what they were saying. So I don't know. Okay. Um do you want to get into the the new nine nine three Porsche that was released? I kinda of wanna talk about Let's this mention a little bit. it. It's interesting. So Porsche built a brand new air cooled nine eleven for the first time in twenty years. Right. This is hat tip road and track. This this thing was all over the internet. But um, so not to not to mean that they're like making a new model that's going to be available. They no. literally built one. 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 So for the first time in twenty years, Porsche has built a brand new air cooled nine eleven. Porsche's Project Gold unveiled today is or like whenever this was two weeks ago because we kept skipping this topic it's essentially a just assembled 993 turbo s built with an original never used 993 body shell and a ton of new parts from porsche classic porsche rush rust proof the leftover 993 body shell using the same process it uses for new cars today painted a golden yellow metallic the same color as a new turbo s exclusive series there you go I just and i know <laughs> there's so many damn versions and names um, uh, so here's the thing, though, is I kind of when I drove that GT2 RS, I kind of came to this thing where it's kind of neat that they have a different piece of the pie for every single person that wants to own one. Like every single thing you could want to do, mm -hmm. they, you can kind of like be like, oh, the needle for me is right here. And then you go and you buy that 911. But when it's stuff like the 911 Turbo S exclusive, pretty soon, it's, just, pretty soon it's going to be the 911 Turbo X Turbo S exclusive black tie edition. Zero of 500. Speaking of which, did you see the Mercedes downstairs? I did. What is the <laughs> red whatever series? I don't know. I don't know. It was, but it was so weird. It was like I, I, I posted it on our Instagram. So, okay, so, good. Um, but I, I went and zoomed in on all the red things. It was like the red series. The calipers were red. The lip was red. Then it had but these it wasn't little red. Just the red series. It was the like red something exclusive series. And all these... All these things are is like another way to squeeze money out of people who want something more exclusive yeah. or unique or I don't know. Yeah. So Porsche ex exclusive created a custom interior trim and badges inspired by the new Turbo S as well. The rest of the work was carried out by Porsche Classic technicians who were specialized in restorations. Right. The engine is a newly built 3.6 twin turbo flat six with 450 horsepower, identical to the original. The six-speed manual, blah, 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 so, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we get it. What's interesting, how did they have, like, basically just a steel chassis sitting somewhere in their warehouse? I don't For how many years? When was 993? Know. When did they? In like 20 years? 95, yeah. 94. So 20 years, they literally just had another chassis sitting there? Well, this isn't abnormal. Lots of companies probably have that stuff, that stuff tucked away. It is cool, though, that they used all the, like, production techniques of today. So, like, instead of just building exactly how they did in the day... They said, okay, well, we're going to do the rust proofing, the galvanization with today's technology. For me, this, there's no point to this car. I agree. You know why? Because it's, it's not street legal. Yep. The hand stamp chassis number follows that of the last series production street legal 993 Turbo, which rolled off the production line in 1998. Unfortunately, this means Project Gold can't be registered for street use. Which I don't understand why. So you have a street car. There's, I mean, this is a street car. There's right. It's no, not a race car. There's no, no race accoutrements of any no. kind. I just, I don't. What are we doing? What is this? What is the point of this car other than the exercise of it? And my, my other problem with this car is I think it's ugly. I think the the color is 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 hideous. Yeah, it is. Um, I agree. And the nine nine three, the headlights never did it for me. Yeah, the, the nine nine three is such a superior car than a nine six four. But I I styling, visually I don't yeah, I can't. It's a weird kind of. Uh, it's an in between of. And we're talking in context here. I like the nine nine three, but right. compared to, I mean, I like it better than a nine nine six. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but the color is just sad. I talked to uh, someone at, at Porsche. I was like, yeah, I don't really like the color. He's, he says, well, I'll just wait till we can show it to you in person. Oh, really? You know, he says it's really, really great in person. The color really pops. It's really nice. So I'll, uh, I guess we'll see, see we'll see how, see how it goes. Um, it'll be, it'll be crossing the auction block at RM Sotheby's at the Atlanta uh, PCNA, Porsche Cars North America in October. Proceeds will go to the newly established Ferry Porsche Foundation in Germany. So they're going to auction it off for charity, which we I think is great. Let's um, let's play the prices right on this. What do we think this is going to go for? Oh man, can't um, go over. Prices right rules can't go over. Okay, I'm going to open the article on RM and see if they have an estimate, and we'll oh. we'll, we'll see if it goes over or under that. I think might be more fun. Might be more fun. They don't have a estimate estimate on it. I would say, you know, it's weird because like when things are for charity, it right. really throws like a wrench in the, in the right, whole program because people you can't just really might bid more to give to charity right. versus buying what the value is right so this is a one of one right in right. a way i would say it probably goes for 1.25 million i'm saying that's extremely low you think so mm -hmm. 
Okay. Well, we'll see. Um, I look forward to all the money that's going to go to charity from uh, from this. So I, I appreciate you guys tuning in this week. Um, next week we'll have Susan Perkheiser on the, yes, uh, the the stunt driver. Stunt driver. So I can't. Uh, I'm really really excited for that. And we got our, our phone stuffs figured out, so we can finally you know get some phone guests in here. And I've got some special stuff lined up, and I just have to you know wrap everybody in. So I'm, I'm excited. Excellent. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. Uh, also tune in uh, midweek to get part two of our electric vehicle history story. Indeed. I will. Uh, we'll talk to you then, and I hope you guys have a great week. Take care. Bye bye. Oh,